and they'll be well catered for as we um, provide them with some good teaching and training about Christ and the gospel and the good news of uh, salvation that he's brought for us. So you can head on out there and that will be terrific. Uh, we are still, um, sorry, before I get to that, before I get that, I was going to say something else. Um, just to let you know where we're heading um, with our speaking and sharing over the next uh, couple of months um, with Exchange. Uh, we love to open up the Bible here and we see that as a real focal point of our service is to let God's Word speak into our hearts and uh, let that truth, as the Word, permeate into our souls and uh, see us renewed in the image of Christ and uh, see uh, His good work uh, changing us. Uh, the next couple of months, we're going to look at the book of Malachi um, after we finish this series on the Holy Spirit. We'll start the book of Malachi in a couple of weeks' time. and um, It's only a short book, the last book of the Old Testament. And I'll uh, look at that, and then through January, uh, we're going to choose uh, four parables uh, out of the New Testament, four parables that um, Christ spoke. He actually used a lot of parables in his teaching, like word pictures, but each one carried a very specific meaning and very specific teaching he was uh, teaching through that. So uh, we're going to do some parables uh, through the book of January, and then we'll start a new series in Feb. So book of Malachi next, and then we're going to go into uh, some parables uh, through January. But today we are still in the current series or group of talks about the Holy Spirit, which we've been covering over the last four weeks or so, four or five weeks. And we've got uh, one today and then one more next week to sort of wrap that up and then uh, move on to something different, as I just spoke about from there. Today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve. The Spirit of the living God, uh, the sovereign Lord of the universe, inhabits us in our mind and our will and our emotions, within our heart, within our control centre. And uh, God the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve. Uh, To serve God primarily, first and foremost, and also then to serve each other through the gospel, to demonstrate Christ out through our lives uh, through gifts and abilities and talents that he's given to each and every one of us to use, to serve uh, God and to serve others. So let me just pray and then we'll, uh, then we'll start to uh, talk about that. Uh, Father, we give you thanks and praise today that we can uh, come together and uh, gather this morning as we come around your word now, as uh, we look at uh, your spirit living in us and quickening us and empowering us to serve. I ask and pray now that Holy Spirit, you would. Uh, give us eyes to see that, and I pray that you give us a heart to take hold of that, and uh, Lord, to see that the gifts and abilities or talents, whatever, Lord, you have given to us, uh, the Lord, not one person here doesn't have a gift or ability or talent that they can use uh, for you and for each other. So I pray now that you would uh, help us to see that today, and help us to use these gifts and uh, abilities to serve you for your glory and for your praise. Uh, we ask now for your help and assistance in doing that. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Serving. Nobody really likes to serve, do they, in the natural? We aren't sort of born naturally as servants. Um, To be known as a servant or someone who serves doesn't normally conjure up a whole lot of status, credibility in this world, does it? To be known as a servant or someone who serves. Well, maybe unless you had the title of personal assistant... For some celebrity to serve, it could be um, some of those basketball greats, LeBron James is a bit of a star out there, or Nicole Kibben, some of the music stars. If you had perhaps the personal assistant to serve them, you might think maybe there's a bit of credibility attached to that. But normally, not generally, if you're serving or a servant. A servant normally is a, is a, is a lowly, humble type of person. 
a behind-the-scenes type of person. There's nothing sort of really showy about them all in the capacity to serve. Uh, Think of also those sports trainers who get the athletes ready for competition. Nobody really knows nothing about them at all. I mean, you wouldn't have, perhaps you might have seen some of it back on the grand final day when the teams were getting prepared. They would be getting massages and body rubs and the whole thing to get their muscles prepared, perhaps hours before uh, that game started. But they really aren't seen on the ground kicking goals or doing uh, fantastic things. They really are these people who serve behind the scenes and do it very quietly and in a very uh, unshowing way. But without those trainers serving, those athletes could never, ever be ready for the events they need to go into and uh, take part in. We live in a culture that also says you've reached the ultimate when you are being served. Not you serving, but when you are being served. That's sort of the ultimate in this culture that we live in today is when you're being served. We've only got to um, go to those images we saw in the TV of those uh, river cruises. We see advertised around um, the cruising the rivers of Europe. They sort of just wander down all those picturesque places. And the images we get back that we get from there is sitting back on your deck chair, and uh, you're just taking the view of that castle as as your ship sort of just uh, goes by that. And then what you have is a servant coming to serve you with the drinks or chips or nibbles or whatever you want. And the whole picture here is um, you being served. And I was only looking the other day uh, at this sort of newest, greatest cruise ship that's been built to sail the, uh, the seven seas of the world. And if you get the penthouse suite in this cruise ship, which is an astronomical amount of money, you have a 24-7 butler or personal servant at your beckon and call, dedicated totally for your suite and nothing else. So that's sort of the ultimate here in this world as far as... Um, Serving is concerned, not you being the server, but you being served in that sense. Serving can feel like drudgery as well. It really can. Here I am doing the same old, same old, perhaps in a serving capacity. Every day is basically the same tasks as yesterday. We can be classed as servants when we serve the company or the business we may work for. Get to my work, sit at my desk, switch on the computer. Same old, same old, did all that yesterday. Then I start typing the same reports that I was sort of typing yesterday. Same old, same old. And tomorrow probably isn't going to be any really different than what it was today. Sometimes serving can just seems like I'm on the treadmill and I'm actually just doing the same old thing. A bit like I'm on the assembly line cutting out the same cookies every day and here I am just serving again. Serving can feel like it's drudgery. It's not a glamour-filled task. And in some cases we can feel like that we're at the bottom of a heap when we're serving and there's no way out. In that situation, nobody really likes to serve, perhaps in that natural disposition. We would rather be served. Well, wonderfully, gloriously, supernaturally, and joyfully, God calls each and every one of us to spirit empowered serving. The Holy Spirit fills us with power to serve God and to serve each other. And marvelously, we can experience tremendous joy in serving other than being served. Let's have a look at that now then as we think about this idea here of serving. One of the first things we need to see in, uh, in spirit-empowered serving is that we are given gifts from the Holy Spirit to serve with. Each and every person is given a gift to serve with. Some of those gifts we actually see are written for us here in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11, we actually see here uh, these gifts or some of these gifts that the Spirit gives to us. 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the other utterance, not the utterance, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to, to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. Just a snapshot here of some of the gifts that the Spirit gives. And most, a lot of those gifts there are gifts of communication that we can serve the church with. We can use them as speaking or communicating gifts there uh, through some of those ones that are listed there in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Some of those other gifts are what we might call power gifts, such as the gift of faith and gift of miracles. Um, probably don't see them as much in this day that we live in today, but they are still gifts that are in the Bible for today's church. To be honest, the Bible is very silent on a lot of those gifts, how they look and how they operate. There is no detailed step-by-step description here of how they might work in the everyday uh, life of a person or the everyday life of a church. In fact, there's probably a whole sermon just in relating upon those gifts alone and how they might look in uh, today's church. Unfortunately, some of those gifts have been abused and caused divisions within churches um, where people have taken them out of their context and used them wrongly. And alternatively, some churches have got so gun-shy of some of those gifts that have actually shut them right out and not even allowed them to operate in the New Testament church as well. But the whole point of trying to see there at some of those gifts is, is particularly in verse 4, where uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, says a variety of gifts, a variety of service, and a variety of activities. There's gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. There's a variety of them. Gifts, service, and varieties of activities. But they're not the only ways to serve in the church. They're not the only ways to serve in the community. They're not the only ways that we can serve each other. The Holy Spirit has actually given every person some type of gift to use in service for God and for other people. Not so much the communicating gifts or what we might call the power gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12.28, Paul actually goes on and mentions another couple of other gifts. He says helps and administrating. And Romans 12, 3-8, Paul here gives like another sort of list of these gifts that the Spirit gives. And he says there in verse 3, For by the grace given to me, in Romans chapter 12, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same functions, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. (coughs) Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here's some more gifts here that Paul writes down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for us to use. Gifts that have been given to us. This is perhaps a more practical nature. Gifts of service. Gifts of teaching. 
uh, exhorting or encouraging. That can be a gift. We go around and we encourage people. Contributes, there, Paul says, uh, or, or financial giving. If some people are really blessed financially to give very generously to the cause of the gospel, that is a gift. Uh, one who leads and does acts of mercy. Again, another way of demonstrating a talent or an ability or a gift that's been given to us. Now, when we read through these lists, they're not meant to be an exhaustive list, as in Paul said, okay, whatever's in this list, that's, what, that's the gifts. It's just an indication here of what the Holy Spirit gives to us in abilities or talents that we can use. It's a bit like, hang on, if I can't find my gift in there or my ability in that list, is it actually I'm not gifted by the Spirit? No, not at all, not at all. It's not an exhaustive list. Every gift or talent that anybody has, whether Christian or not a Christian, comes from God. Any ability, gift or talent that you have, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, comes from God. It really does. You could be a graphic designer with a great flair for all sorts of creativity. My nephew, Sammy Hall, is a great little cartoon writer. He's got a great flair for drawing. It's a gift and a talent he's got. You could be a singer. We see that gift and talent here. You could be a person who just loves helping behind the scenes. That is a gift. That is an ability. That is something that you can serve with. It can mean hospitality as we get to generously share that week after week with the people who serve us down there. They're all things that God's given to us, abilities to use and to serve God and to serve other people with. The list of abilities... All gifts is endless. It's endless. You don't have to be trained or go to college to earn a degree to sort of somehow say, now I'm qualified with some sort of gift. It's the natural things that God has placed upon us. I would go so far as to say, if you're alive, you are gifted. You've got something you can serve with, something you can serve God and each other in some way. Joni Erickson, some of you might know, was a, a lady who had a diving accident around the age of 17 became a quadriplegic bound to a wheelchair at the age of 17, dived into uh, some water somewhere and uh, damaged her spinal cord and came out a quadriplegic, lost the use of her arms and legs. Now, it would be really easy to look at the journey and say, how on the earth could she actually serve? Because she's so <laughs> bound up in a wheelchair, can't use her arms, can't use her legs. Journey Erickson has been a tremendous uh, server of the church for years and years and years and years. She travels uh, America and she travels the world while she's able to and when she's in good condition. And she serves the church by inspiring people, by showing them that Christ is her treasure. Can't use her arms, can't use her legs, but just the fact that she's alive and can display the, the new life of Christ out through her is delivering there an ability to serve people by showing them that Jesus Christ is a treasure. If you're alive, you have a gift. You can display Christ throughout your life and you can uh, show him what a treasure that he is. Well, I like this, what Paul says here in verse 6 in uh, Romans chapter 12. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. There's a whole range of gifts we've sort of spoken about that are there given by grace, which is the Holy Spirit working through us. As it says there at the start of the passage, the whole having gifts that differ according to the grace of God given to us, they're given to us by God's Spirit. But I love those next four words there, right in the middle of that verse. Really simple, and you really can't mistake it. Paul says there, let 
us use them. Let us use them, whatever that gift or ability or talent may be that he's given to us. Let us use them. The Holy Spirit has gifted us in any manner of ways and he expects us, he expects us to use those gifts that we have been given. Let us use the gifts that we've been given, whatever they might be. So we have these gifts in the Spirit and we are fully expected to use them. They're not to lie dormant, not to just be kept for ourselves in some way kept under wraps. We are to use these gifts to serve with them. We are gifted to serve. First, we serve God through these gifts that have been given to us. Uh, it's amazing how Paul writes his letters, and uh, Romans 1.1 is a good indication of this. Paul says here, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Paul sees himself as a servant of Christ Jesus. He understands that first and foremost, that he is a servant of Christ Jesus. If you looked at his other letters as well, in Philippians and Titus, he actually starts in the same way. He sees himself there as a servant of Christ, a servant of God. James, another apostle, starts his letter the same way. He says, a servant of Christ, a servant of God. So the gifts that we have been given, we are first and foremost to serve God with them, to let our lives, as it were, serve the community around about us, reflecting that Jesus Christ is our treasure, that God is the giver of our lives. So the first and primary use of our gifts that we have, or abilities and talents, is to serve God with them. Not only are we to serve God, but we're also called to serve each other as well through the power of the Holy Spirit, empowering these gifts and giving us the abilities that we have from him to carry them out. 1 Peter chapter 4 tells us that. As each has received a gift, many different gifts, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Paul's pretty clear there with those gifts, isn't he? Not Paul, Peter. Peter. Very clear. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We're gifted by God's Spirit to serve one another, to become servants, to help each other see Christ and to see the body grow. These gifts and talents actually help us to work together as a unit, as a body that comes together, unifying around Jesus Christ. Um, We won't go to it now, but 1 Corinthians 12 has this sort of body metaphor, this body picture of all these various parts and different things uh, that the Spirit has gifted throughout the body. And the whole picture here is all these gifts coming together as one unit, as one body, serving each other. It's the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given to us. And this whole picture here that also Paul gives us in uh, Corinthians 12 is that every gift or ability is valued and every gift or, or ability is needed. We don't discard any or treat any ability or gift as, uh, as though it's... Um, of no value or no account whatsoever. Every ability and gift that God's given to us is vitally needed and it comes together to serve. But serving isn't easy though, is it? It isn't always easy. Uh, The brokenness of this world and the brokenness of our own lives works hard against us in being willing to serve. There's something that sort of resists wanting to serve within us and we rather would be served. Sometimes, though, maybe when life's ticking over okay, we don't mind contributing a little bit. 
When I'm feeling healthy and I've got my diary under control, we seem to find perhaps a bit of time and a bit of desire to go and serve other people. I might be handy with a few tools, gifted with a few tools in some particular way, and I know that there's a single mother down the street who's having some problems with her leaking taps, and she would love for somebody to come and just fix up those leaking taps. Yep, I'll go down and I'll help her out and I'll uh, sort those taps out and stop them leaking. Great gift or great ability we can use. But you know, even here, even here sometimes, we can actually become selfish with our time. We can actually not want to serve. Sometimes we can have these thoughts ranging through our mind. Yeah, I know she's a single mother, but actually she's got herself into this mess. And she now needs to feel the pain you know, of what it is to make all these bad decisions in life. So, you know, so she won't do it again. And besides that, Thursday night is my time to get the boat organised for fishing on the weekend. Sometimes we might let that thinking just come into our mind and say, hang on, she doesn't deserve to be served down the road. She's got herself into this mess. Someone else can go do her taps. That can easily come in. Our minds are amazing the way we justify ourselves in not serving at times. And that's that brokenness, the brokenness within us that sort of holds us back from being willing to serve. Now, I know there's checks and balances sometimes around that because you could actually neglect your own family, perhaps, and serving people all over the countryside. So there are checks and balances there at times. But it is amazing how quickly we can justify ourselves from not serving but some, from, from some pretty petty, selfish or supposed arguments that may justify us from not serving. The Holy Spirit has enabled us and gifted us so that we can serve each other. Sometimes it's difficult to serve. Sometimes it's difficult to serve. Sometimes we may not feel like serving others. I've had one hell of a week. There's been nothing but pressure all week. Every time I go to work, there's a whole list of stuff that they want me to do. It's but nothing but pressure, pressure, pressure. And I come home and I'm having dramas with my husband and my wife. I'm feeling more pressure when I get home. I'm actually getting a challenge from the kids as well. And that's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. I don't feel like serving anybody but myself. That's just how I feel this week. I feel actually totally uh, blown over by life. Any one of us can find ourselves feeling like that. And we do live in a fast-paced world that seems relentless in pushing on us things that we are expected to do or things that we are expected to be responsible for. That is the world we live in at times. And that does mount up at times. And it does seem to come caving in and crashing upon us. And we can feel drained in those times. It's amazing when that happens, though. The first thing that normally goes is our outward-looking perspective if life has loaded up on us like that. We stop looking out. We now begin to say, it's me time. It's time to look after myself. And we become very inward-looking or inward-focused when life is like that. Now, I totally get there are times when life is overwhelming and we do need to be re-energised and we do need to be refreshed. We do need to withdraw. We do need to actually, as it were, um, fill up our reserves again. But it's so easy, I think, in those times to allow also our feelings to overrun us and to actually just get us to fall in a heap. And when that happens, we are kept from serving God with the gifts that he's given to us. Our feelings can so easily begin to dictate how my life will go. I get controlled by my feelings. You know, sometimes the best thing to do when our feelings are like that is to actually just start serving again. It really is. 
It may sound strange or it may sound, hang on, I need to, don't I need to just you know, stop for a month and get myself organised again? You may need to stop for a period of time. But sometimes it actually, the best thing to do is just start serving again. Think about this. Think about um, what happens when you go to hospital for surgery. Now, some of you don't want to think about going to hospital for surgery. But I know what happens when you go there for surgery. Uh, I had a, not surgery, but had a foot that I rolled last year and a rolled ankle. And I was told, as quickly as I could, get back on your feet. As quickly as you can, get back on your feet. And I saw on TV the other day, a guy had a hip replacement and he was back on his feet within a few hours. Now, I'm imagining here, he probably didn't feel like getting out of bed. After that, whatever type of hip surgery it was, he probably felt like the last thing he wanted to do was get out of bed and get back on his hip again. He probably just said, I want to stay in bed. But the best thing for him was actually just get up and get moving again. And I think if we find ourselves sometimes in that feeling-controlled life that I just don't feel like doing anything, if we allow the Spirit to empower us and to start serving sometimes, we will see that is the greatest way to actually overcome those feelings as we just get up and we get going again and use the power that the Holy Spirit gives to us in that. With the gifts he's given us, Paul says, let us use them. Sometimes serving seems impossible, not just difficult, but impossible. It can go to another level. Sometimes when we serve people, it seems fruitless. It seems like we are wasting our time. Where it seems impossibly hard, I never see any reward, any reward or thankfulness for what I've done. What's the point of serving? It can seem impossible when it's like that. Extremely, extremely difficult. When Laurel and I were married with no kids, uh, we used to pick up numerous people on the way to church. Obviously, we had no kids. We had a half-empty car. Uh, no problems at all. We would go past and pick up various people and take them to church Sunday after Sunday. We picked up a couple, a very regularly, called Gary and Rhonda. Uh, this was a lovely couple, but this couple were both physically handicapped and mentally impaired as well. And they just recently moved to Shepparton and uh, made an inquiry to our church and uh, the pastor asked us, could we pick up these couple of guys on the way through to church? Gary and Rhonda. They were rarely ready when we got there. Rarely ready when we got there. We would pull up, we'd often go there about 15 or 20 minutes early just to give ourselves enough time to get them moving a bit so we could get them in the car and try and get to church at a reasonable time. So they were rarely ready when we got there. And they seemed unmoved by the gospel after weeks and weeks and months and months of taking them to the church. Now I know for Laurel and I we would often think we are wasting our time doing this. This is ridiculous. This is fruitless. They never really thanked us for picking them up and then bringing them back home after church. And sometimes we were really glad when we got the phone call to say, oh, they didn't want to come this weekend. Now, that was a terrible attitude and a terrible response for us to have at the time. But I can see a lot of grins out there. You're probably thinking the same thing. But we were serving with a half-empty car to pick those people up. And we just thought, this is ridiculous. This is fruitless. This is a whole waste of time. But God did teach us many, many things in that. Even to serve when it appeared useless or impossible or this was a total waste of time. Just keep using the gifts that God has given to us to pick these people up. A simple little thing that anybody can do. Pick up some people and bring them to church. Now Gary and Rhonda did move on after 12 months and we don't know what happened to them after that. But it really doesn't matter. While they were there, we served God and we served them. Despite how it may have looked. 
We've been gifted to serve by the Holy Spirit, but we do find it difficult. We do find it challenging. Sometimes I think one of the biggest, or the biggest cause of why we find it difficult is because our heart needs to be renewed in serving. Our heart needs to be made new. You see, whatever is controlling our heart is what will be determining our level of willingness to serve God or serve other people. If I have a heart that is ruled by comfort or ease, then serving won't come easy to me. If I have a heart that's constantly or continually controlled by being just wanting to be comfortable or have a life at ease, then serving will not come easy for me. Serving requires me to put others first and myself second, which goes against our natural nature. Our natural nature is to put ourselves first and others second, but serving requires me to think of others ahead of myself. And if I have a heart that is ruled by comfort, all I will do is think about myself primarily, and maybe if I've got a few spare seconds left over, I might maybe contribute that towards someone else. Whatever's controlling our hearts will then actually dictate or determine how I will serve. And the Holy Spirit knows our hearts better than we know ourselves. And he knows exactly what he needs to do to renew our hearts so that we can serve in joy and serve in the power that he gives. And the Holy Spirit takes this renewal of our hearts uh, through the gospel to lead us into joyful serving. He takes what is required to renew our hearts to serve in joy and to serve in gladness and even to do it in the most difficult of places. The Holy Spirit takes the gospel of Jesus Christ in our hearts to see him and leads us to the ultimate picture of serving on our behalf that he has done for us. There's a song here I want to read for you. Well, you you can read with me up there as well. It's a song about a servant. And it starts here in Isaiah chapter 52. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told by them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off? cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet 
It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. That's a really long reading. That's a song. It's a song. It's a song about a servant and about an incredible servant. It's a song about a suffering servant. It's a song about a a servant who suffered terribly and all had rejected him. This is a servant, a suffering servant, who who did not need to serve at all. This is a song about a suffering servant who should have been served by all of creation. This is a song of a servant, Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, who served for us. This is the song of a servant, Jesus Christ, who laid all of heaven's glory aside to come and to serve us. And he served us in the highest possible way by dying in our place. Why did he serve us? He served us so we could be renewed in our hearts. Jesus came and served us so that we could be released from serving ourselves in this world and released into serving others. This is a suffering servant who served us so that we could be transformed and freed now to serve him joyfully and wholeheartedly. Jesus has served us so that we can now serve others. And the incredible blessing as we get hold of what Christ has done for us in serving us and seeing that he took our place upon that cross, ransomed us from the bondages of sin and the bondages of selfishness and self-serving to deliver us to serving him and serving others, the incredible blessing that comes out of that is an experience of joy in serving, an amazing joy that comes in serving. How often... Have you spoken to families or heard of people who have given up their Christmas day to go and serve the homeless? By actually serving someone else, they've experienced this joy and this blessing. They've found it an incredibly satisfying experience. That's exactly what Christ does in us as we serve. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it seems fruitless. Yes, it seems impossible. But amazingly, God delivers joy and satisfaction in and through that. And this is precisely what the Holy Spirit does in us in enabling us and equipping us to serve. We become the hands and the feet and we become the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ in this world. We become the visible demonstration of who he is by serving in in numerous practical ways. Some could be out front like this, speaking to a church. Others could be behind the scenes, the people who serve us and are packing the trailer. That is a service, that is a gospel ministry. Every part of it comes together to be empowered by God's Spirit to serve. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has an ability. We just need to ask ourselves sometimes, what's holding me back from serving? What's holding me back from serving? Let God's Spirit empower you today to serve, 
to use the gift or ability, whatever you've been given, to use for his glory and uh, ultimately for our good. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. Thank you that uh, as we see the work of your spirit in our lives, we see that we have been gifted, Lord, to serve. Father, you have uh, poured upon us through your Holy Spirit any amount of abilities and talents and uh, gifts that we can serve you with and serve each other with. God, today I pray that you would help us to continue to grow as a serving church. That, Lord, we would not sit on these gifts or talents and, as it were, keep them to ourselves and hide them, Lord, uh, under our jacket or under our coat, Lord. But I pray that, Lord, through life you would help us to take hold of these gifts and these abilities, abilities and to use them. To not think it's too insignificant to bring, to be used, but, Lord, to understand, God, that everything that you've given to us, we can use uh, to serve you and to serve each other with. And we pray that God, through this here, here at Exchange Church, that God, this uh, abilities and gifts you've given to us would be used to serve the gospel, to serve the gospel, Lord, to go out in this community that we live in. could be very tiny, small, practical little things, Lord, that will just somehow stop people in their tracks and cause them to stop and think, why is this person being willing to serve me in this way? Father, we can never know the amount of ways that you might speak into somebody's life by us serving them in the simplest, the smallest possible way, just by yielding ourselves to you and allowing your spirit to work out through our lives. Help us in that, Lord, I pray. Help us today. Father, we thank you for that power that your spirit gives. And uh, we do pray that you'll help us to be available to that. Lord, we ask that, pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We will uh, come back for a uh, song. So if you guys want to wrap that up, I would uh, please remember to stay for lunch. Um, straight up, well, not pretty much they'll get organised, but uh, come and stay for lunch. We would love everybody to join in and partake of that. And uh, if anybody would love to see me about anything, question or prayer, um, please come and see me and I'd be love to share with you. Thanks. Um, I, I was just—I was thinking of an example, something that goes with. So when I um, lead, I like to say something and really take that opportunity to share something about the song or something. And um, this week I've been—I just had a lot of pressing things, and yesterday was a, a busy day, and I had to do lots of other things that were urgent as well. And I thought I'm just going to practice the songs. I'm—I can't possibly do say anything extra this week. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. And as I practiced. God inspired me as I, I just simply practiced, went through this song, each song once, and in doing that, like He inspired me to say something, and um, yeah, just it's when you actually step out that He kind of increases your capacity in a way. Um, yeah, that was His grace at work. Okay, would you like to stand again?